Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. WRKS Pickens Jackson. Are you ready? Yes! Now live from the Whiskey 61 Lounge inside the Bank Plus Studio. You are listening to Mississippi's number one sports talk show, The Out of Bounds Show with Bo Bounds. Streaming worldwide live on the Out of Bounds Radio app and on your radio at ESPN 105.9. The Soul. Show, 105.9 The Zone, ESPN. The show is brought to you by Kessler Prime and the Renaissance and their amazing steaks and seafood appetizers, including the uh, the bacon appetizer. Pair it with a long branch bourbon old-fashioned bacon and, and a long branch bourbon old-fashioned. Long branch is the uh, small batch bourbon from the wild turkey portfolio, and it is amazing. Make sure that your local... Um, Wine and Spirit Store carries it in your favorite restaurant and bar. Long Branch Bourbon. KesslerPrime.com to make a reservation. You can also find Long Branch Bourbon at Briarwood Wine and Spirits. We're streaming live for you on TheZone1059.com in the Out of Bounds radio app. Tom Luganbill stops by at 830. Oh, man, oh, man. It's just right around the corner. Blake and I were there last year in Las Vegas. And that was uh, a wild, wild party. And they told us that 600,000 people would be in Vegas for the weekend. And let me tell you something. Having been out there several times prior to that visit, good hell getting an Uber and getting places was something. I mean, my gosh. (laughs) Oh, man. You know, I went down to Circa Sports to to the sports book. And I mean, I had to go around the world. Yeah, I did get to see Raider Stadium, but goodness gracious, they had they had it contraflowed. Even right? getting to the Venetian was a was a yeah. stretch from Caesars, which I finally realized I should have just gone out the back and kind of uh, I don't know left right through there and just walked. But um, yeah, that's um, that that was the what? deal. We had a great time though. Had some amazing amazing meal. That was my no. I had another good foot, but that was a better. I think. I don't know. It's hard not to have an amazing food experience in Vegas. Do you remember when the Uber driver yes. tried to drop us at some greasy spoon place that it was like a Denny's? It was like a, a, a it was like a Denny's. It was a Denny's, but it was local, but local Denny's. It was, and it was in a it was in a motel that like um, Johnny Cash would have stayed yep. in in 1957 when he was. 
touring Vegas. It was like if Dave's. It was Dark a motel. Horse, it wasn't a hotel. It was if Dave's Dark Horse Tavern up in Starville was just a Denny's. That was what it was. That's exactly what it looked like, Dave's. It looked like that parking lot. Yep. But it was just a different type of food. I looked at you. And I looked at you and I was like, I'm not eating here. No. No. I mean, I, 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 love, I love fried eggs, sunny side up, and I love bacon, and I love grits. But that's and, not and, what and, I want. And I love toast. And I mean, I don't know if I love toast, but, but I, love, <laughs> I love eggs and bacon and grits. Um, but I was not thinking that at that time, so we ended up at Sushi Samba. Which was a much better decision. Uh, it was one of the best meals. So that's, I, you know, I rated some of my meals on Whiskey61.com, and smart. Sushi Samba was in the top five. That's smart. Of 20, I'm sorry. Of 2022. Yeah, no, that's smart. Um, I, I love Three Hump Camel. Just don't go to the buffet from Vegas Vacation. That's oh, God. Accurate. I don't, that's accurate. I don't do buffets. Um, I mean, there's two. No. I think about that story a lot. The other thing I think about, and this is a testament to the NFL, and I joke about this with you all the time, like we'll turn on the TV and not just Good Morning Football, which is an NFL network show, obviously, but we'll turn on SportsCenter and things like that. And the NFL is every other story, every third story. I mean, we're in March. There hasn't been a game for over almost two months now, and the draft isn't for another month, and yet the NFL is every third story on every TV platform for uh, they, sports. They own it. The, the, what opened my eyes to what the NFL really is was going to the draft and seeing the amount of people. Like I've, I've watched it on TV, but it doesn't do it justice. It doesn't. You don't get the atmosphere on TV. You don't understand how electric the whole place is on television. It just doesn't come through the same way. And seeing the amount of people we saw for those three days and the craziness with which they decked themselves out, the head-to-toe fandom that they exhibited, I know we love SEC football, but the NFL trumps us in a way that I just can't even explain. Yes. It's just insane. It's yes. insane. 600,000 people were in Vegas for, for that 32 weekend. teams. It's just a different— Nobody played a game. It's just a different atmosphere. I don't. I don't know how to explain it. It, it, would, it was amazing. Trying to explain it to our listeners of flying out from Houston to Vegas and being surrounded by NFL people and 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 how excited these people were to go to a draft. We started counting jerseys, and I don't mean to be mean, but we had VIP access, <laughs> and some of them were going to be 130 rows back because the place outside of Caesars was. Huge. It was much bigger than even I thought. It was like you three and I football watching fields. it on TV the no, last few years. The auditorium had probably 10,000 people in it, and then there were easily another 200,000 behind them. Yeah. I mean, it, I, and I'm not like, it was insane how many people were out there. Yes. It, it just, it went from, it took us 15 minutes to walk around the crowd to get to the entrance where we were. That's true. That's how big the crowd, we had to walk around everyone to get in. And uh, it, I, that was. Again, it just the NFL is a different beast. It's a, we went on the athletic as we do every morning. The Cowboys have two articles today. They had two articles yesterday. It's, the NFL just churns it out. There's a reason we're about to have an American sports record sale over six billion with a B, six billion dollars for the Washington football team. Right, where he paid eight hundred million in the nineties for late nineties. Yes. Eight, where he was called a fool, Dan Snyder was called a fool for spending eight hundred million on Washington at the time. Said it was a people said it was a bad investment. He turned eight hundred million into six billion. That's the NFL. Yeah, I'm surprised actually. You said it's north of six billion. It's like six eight five. I think so. Is it's the seven. Number. It's seven billion. Something like that. Okay. Yeah. I was about to say I'm surprised it's not seven or and eight if, billion. And if the, if Washington is worth six eight five. 
then the Cowboys are every bit of 12. I've been saying that for years. Every bit of 12 billion. You know, Forbes would roll out, oh, they're worth 5 billion. No. Maybe, maybe in if the value. If you don't have to sell, <laughs> then they're it's worth- almost worth whatever. Yeah. That, that's the deal. Yep. And Manchester it, United. It's kind of like real estate on really, really high-end destination beaches. Yeah. If you don't have to sell, you can get yeah. an insane amount of yeah, money. Yeah, if you're not paying three of your ex-wives, you right. can keep that piece of property. Yeah. Yeah. Manchester United is going to sell in, uh, in the Premier League and soccer in Europe. It's going to sell for a record number two. It could even be higher than what Washington's about to sell for. That's probably the closest thing to the Cowboys that I know of is that what Man United. Right. Yeah. It, it's going to be like $8 billion, they think. Okay. Um, I think the Cowboys are even, I mean, they're bigger than that. It's a bigger, sure. it's just insane what they can be. Yeah. So I just thought. And it's a cash cow. The NFL just showed you that. Like being in Vegas in the draft was my first really eye-opening experience to how crazy the NFL really is. It was for me too. You know, the best sporting event I've ever been to is the Masters. Mm-hmm. I love the Final Four. Super Bowl was cool. National Championship game was really fun. It you know, we it was LSU and Clemson and but the NFL draft was and the College World Series is an amazing experience, especially if your team's winning. Yeah. All right. But it's also Omaha, you know, whatever. So the NFL draft it, it same thing, Blake. Yeah. It was an eye opener for me. I know how I know that the NFL is whatever, a twenty billion dollar business. Mm-hmm. But uh, it blew me away to how many people were out there and engaged for nothing. For, for nothing. To watch, to watch most the of the player, picked. most of the people drafted weren't at the draft. Correct. This is incredible. I mean, people spent a lot of money. I mean, we had a client that was nice enough to send us out there. People spent a lot of damn money to to go out there for three or four days. It, 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 Wow, 600,000 people in Vegas for the NFL draft last year. Incredible. Uh, The show is brought to you by RPT and Rick's Pro Truck. Tom Luganville at 830. Speaking of golf and the Masters next week, I mentioned going to the Masters. If yeah. anybody wants to invite me to the Masters this year, I'm in. Okay. Um, I'll also go. Okay. I, I'd love to go. I had no... I knew it would be cool, but it exceeded all of my expectations. Um, But I do want to drop some audio, some golf audio brought to you by Edwin Watts Golf Shop on County Line Road and Dancing Rabbit Golf Club the super cool Dancing Rabbit Golf Club in the clubhouse that is... Actually, I think the renovation may be done this Friday or next Friday. So that's super cool. Um, But speaking of the Masters and the best golfer ever, Tiger Woods, and what I think is one of the coolest musicians the last 20 or so years, and Darius Rucker. Uh, Rucker's a big golfer. He's made a ton of money. He's now on kind of the celebrity golf circuit. And... He was talking about playing golf with Tiger Woods and Tiger trash talking. Here it is. 
he was talking trash once. He was beating my brains out. And I said, man, I can't believe you're talking trash to me. He was like, of course I am. I was like, you're number one in the world. I'm number 7,612. <laughs> you're talking trash to me. Nothing about that is surprising. The fact that Tiger talks trash when he's playing Darius Rucker is the least surprising no. thing in the world. No, I think that's awesome. That's hilarious. I, so here Tiger is, and he has, I don't 14 something like majors that. yeah six i mean 16 i don't remember when the when he won the masters a couple of years ago at 40 something years old but the bottom line is um can't you see rucker sitting there going dude really yeah i'm you a- know because rucker may be like a four handicap which, yeah or three like which is awesome yeah and he, he's playing on difficult courses like all he's always on really nice courses all right pro, pro level yeah yeah, yeah. And, and 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 so because you got to you know you got to move the needle on that a little bit, and and Tiger's sitting there giving him all Un, unfiltered, yeah, yeah. And this is a guy, Tiger Woods. It, it's like if you went and played, um, like two hand touch five on five with some buddies, and Tom Brady walked out, <laughs> and you're you're like Tom, you want to play quarterback? And he's like, sure. And then he throws a dime to somebody, and he turns to you, and he's like, "What's up, punk? I'm the greatest that's ever been." You're like, "Bro, you've won Super Bowls. We're in a yard behind my church. Like, what the heck?" I know. Like, that's Tiger Woods talking to Darius Rucker. That's- yeah, but but Brady would would f bomb somebody <laughs> if they dropped a pass rolling <laughs> yeah. down the field. Yes. Like Tom, and everybody would be like, "Dude, we're just gonna grab some brews after this," <laughs> and, and you know, Craig was gonna throw some. You know, steaks on the grill. Yeah, it's like playing pickup basketball and Michael Jordan walks in the gym and you're like, he's like, yo, can I get in? And you're like, of course, you're Michael Jordan. And then Mike throws you a no-look behind-the-back pass as he drives. It hits you in the face and goes out of bounds. And then he's yelling at you. Yeah. And you're like crying. There's blood coming out of your nose. And like all you can hear is MJ trash-talking you. That's, I mean, Tiger Woods trash-talking Darius Rucker on the golf course is hilarious. Beautiful. I bet he, I bet he and Charlie, his son, when they go out, I bet there's some contentious verbiage back and forth. Oh, I don't think there's any question that Charlie will be, first of all, a Hall of Fame trash talker. Yeah. Mental uh, assassin? Yes. Cerebral assassin? Yes. That's the word we like to use. And, you know, that will be... That'll be fun to watch, see what he... You know, kind of how his golf game unfolds. Well, there's no... Okay, we talk about expectations. Right. Shea Patterson had expectations. Right. Um, you know, Bo Nix, because his name had right. expectations, right? right? Uh, Arch Manning has some expectations. I mean, if you think Arch has expectations, imagine being Tiger Woods's kid. Yeah, like Jack Nicholas, his two sons I, were just how could you nice ever, golfers. How could you, but right. how could you be, expect anyone to be Jack I, Nicholas? I'm with you, man. Yet Charlie Woods is the first iteration of one where you, uh, Michael Jordan's not, the, his kids are not Michael Jordan, right? No. There's very I saw one few. play. Uh, one played for Central Florida, and Central Florida played Ole Miss. Um, I don't know ten years ago when Andy Kennedy was the coach, and I was at yep. the game, and a buddy of mine went, "Hey, that's Jordan's son," and I, you know, I think he averaged like four or five points. And everybody game. went, "Who?" Right? Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I, can I think, think of- it's the one that hit on and picked up uh, Scottie Pippen's ex-wife. That's solid. Yeah, I saw that on some yeah website or something. Solid TV. Um, I think about the Mannings because that's one where Arch had kids and his kids were better than him, even though Arch had a big legacy. Peyton and Eli are better than Arch. Right. Now you wonder, can, can excuse me, Peyton and Eli are better than Archie. Now you wonder right. what could Arch be, although he's not directly of the lineage of Peyton and Eli. Um, 
Tiger, you know, Charlie Woods, I mean, what we've seen so far, and it's so early, but he looks like he could actually play the part of someone who could, I don't want to say match what his father did, but live up somewhat to the expectations. It will be interesting to see because the expectations are going to be so great. But to this point, he looks like a spit copy image of, of Tiger Woods. Yes. Which is crazy. Seems like a cool kid. Out of Bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone, brought to you by Tito's Vodka at Briarwood Wine and Spirits and a uh, delicious Tito's Vodka Bloody Mary uh, this weekend. Uh, my friend Peaster sent us a great pick of a Tito's Vodka Bloody Mary in the left field lounge overlooking the field, and I posted that on whiskey61.com, and uh, well done. Well, well, well done. We would love to, if you have any left field lounge food picks, food beverage picks, please send them to the Ag Up Equipment text line, 601-885-3776. I need more. I got about five of them yesterday. I received about five of them. I need like 30. I don't know if that's enough, but let's start. Let's just get to 10 first, so. Uh, if you know anybody, if you if you don't cook in the lounge, foul pole to foul pole, but you know someone who does, would you mind reaching out to them and asking them to send some food picks? By the way, if you're going to cook this weekend at the left field lounge, you may not be into the baseball, but you're going to be into the Mardi Gras of college baseball, which is the left field lounge. Um, would you take some picks for me and send them to us? Uh, 601-885-3776 is the text line, or I'll give you my cell number. And that's brought to you by uh, your next John Deere tractor at Ag Up Equipment or any of the Ag Up Equipment dealerships in the state of Mississippi. AgUp.com, baby. AgUp.com. want to thank you for uh, going to Apple Podcast and Spotify and searching Out of Bounds with Bow Bounds been a big week you know chris lamonis is firmly on the hot seat may even be past that um zach selman is going to have i don't know some people would argue not a difficult decision some would say yes because of the 2019 and 2021 season one college world series the other one a cws and a national title um this is going to be the second year in a row they're not going to reach the sec baseball tournament that is a that that is that's defcon one in in Starville, oh that is. God. I and, can only uh, think of one time. Unless in magically Gerangelo, Lofton, and Dome start dealing out of their minds, two of those are freshmen, not reg- true freshmen, and some other things happen, they are going to miss the SEC baseball tournament um, for the second year in a row. And I never thought this would happen. I don't even know if Lamonis is going to get the opportunity to reshuffle his staff and move forward in 2024. I, I, I just being there all weekend last weekend for Friday, Saturday, and I stayed for all of the Sunday game. Um, I don't know. I, I think, you know, I, yeah, you got to start putting your list together. And then you've got a fan base that's going to want X, Y, and Z as their next coach. And that's, uh, Favorite favorite quote ever in a coaching search. Haven't even fired the head coach, but the message boards and all the posts are, just go get a big name. 
just go get a big... See, I want to win the... Pre- it's not about... Like, Mike Bianco came from McNeese State. Kevin O'Sullivan was an assistant coach at Clemson, Blake Scott. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm with you. All right. I'm, I'm with you. Auburn has been to two college World Series under Butch Thompson. He was an assistant coach at Mississippi State. But I, I just... I need a big name. I gotta have a big I gotta name. I got to talk about it on the board. And it's got to win the press conference. Instead of getting the right guy to get you back to a regional, super regional in the College World Series. Tom Luganbilt next. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. The Out of Bounds Show is powered by the award-winning golf courses at Dancing Rabbit Golf Club in Philadelphia, Mississippi. They, uh, they're finishing up renovating Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. Not been an hour away from us. Um, Pearl River Resort, Golden Moon Casinos, and Sportsbook. Amazing Sportsbook. 40 TVs, full bar, serve food. Great place to watch games. But uh, they've been renovating Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. Top 100 course. Named over and over again. The Azaleas and the Oaks. It's actually two courses. 36 holes. And um, Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, Clubhouse. I think we'll either be ready this Friday or next Friday. We'll let you know. It's a great place to stay, too. We've uh, we've stayed there. Obviously, we've done shows there and, and all that kind of stuff. There's nothing better than hanging out on the back porch with a uh, Tito's and soda, a couple of oranges in there, and maybe at about 4.35 in the afternoon overlooking the azaleas and the oaks, and you light a La Florida Minicana, and you're with a buddy, It's uh, that's good living right there. DancingRabbitGolf.com to book your stay and play with your buddies, right? Um, cigars, golf, bourbon, and the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino Sports Book and Lounge. We welcome in our friend uh, Tom Luganbill, National College Football Analyst with ESPN. He joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Tom Luganbill, how are you? I'm good, man. Good morning to you. Are you in Charlotte or are you on the road? My dog. Not happy with Mama coming home. Sorry about that. She's standing right next to me as I'm sitting out here on the steps, and I actually came outside so my dogs wouldn't bark. And then next thing you know, I got her out of here, and she barks at her own mom. Sorry about that. What? Um, what's her name? Uh, Lois Lane. I-, I love it. I love it because you're always in different. Uh... Well, we got Clark Kent too. He's a, he's older than her though. She's a year and a half, and he's about seven. What kind of dog? Golden Doodles. Nice. <laughs> nice. Lois yeah. Lane and Clark Kent. What's and your Bob, favorite? Our oldest one's Bob. Well, our oldest one is about to be 12. His name's Bob. And he's getting older. So Bob the dog is, uh, Bob the dog was like our, our one dog that like our kids are the most attached to just because they were small when we got him. Sure. My son's 17 and my daughter's 15 and Bob's about to turn 12. So, uh, but no, to answer your question, I just actually got off the road. I had Monday Night Football for the XFL, 
uh, got back yesterday afternoon, and then I've got to go to Orlando uh, for this coming week's game uh, on Saturday. And in between, we're starting to put together some content for our upcoming uh, 2024 uh, spring uh, player rankings and our updated 2025 underclassmen like pre-ranking. Wow. I, yeah, I got a lot on the table. Yeah, you do. Did you ever meet uh, with all the places and all the games that you have called, plus you're tied to recruiting in the Under Armour All-American game? Mm-hmm. Did you ever meet Lamar Jackson? Oh, yeah, several times. I actually did. Um, uh, I, I actually got a really good story about that. It, it's actually a Bobby Petrino-related story. So I did uh, a, a guy who just – as you know, the, the, the coaching tree and all the, the branches that come off of it. So a guy that was a GA for my dad at Arizona State back in 1982 and 83, uh, he ended up moving on, was a scout in the NFL for 25, 26 years. And then he got back into the college rank, and he was actually the director of player personnel for Bobby Petrino uh, at Louisville. So one spring, I you know, I was – you know, pick a couple schools where I can go and visit and spend a few days and talk shop. And I decided to go up there It's during spring ball. And I had seen, uh, obviously, Lamar at camps and things of that nature when he was young. He was just this raw athlete that was – you kind of didn't know what to do with him. So it was, inter- it was really interesting that he goes to Louisville because when you looked at Bobby Petrino's quarterbacks and the guys that he played with, nobody could even come close to resembling this guy. So you're kind of wondering, like, okay, well, what are they going to do with him? Like, how are they going to get this guy to play in that type of setup? So what was really intriguing, and I think everybody would agree that Bobby Petrino's system and and method of coaching is tried and true, and it's been successful everywhere it's been. And I happened to be there uh, for a couple of days during spring ball, and I'm watching the spring ball, and I start noticing, I'm like, He's never in the shotgun. And so after practice, I said, Coach, I said, I said you're, you're never in the shotgun with him, huh? He goes, well, we'll be in the shotgun with him. He goes, but he's got a lot to learn. So we have a rule this spring. And for 15 days, he is not allowed to take a snap uh, out of the shotgun. He has to take snaps from under center. Uh, he has to work through, you know, uh, ball handling and drops from center, things that are really foreign to him. And he's also not allowed – to take off and run. I don't care if he throws it away, and I really don't even care if he makes a risk with the football of throwing it away. I want him to start developing some discipline within the pocket. And uh, it's, I tell that story because it was either the next year or the year after. It was the next year I think he won the Heisman Trophy. And then I had a regular season game with him that year against North Carolina early and then I also had the Citrus Bowl where they played LSU. They were completely outmanned, um, and, and LSU uh, handled them uh, pretty good. So, yeah, I've been around him uh, quite a bit. What d- Describe his personality to us. Uh, very outgoing, uh, smile on his face all the time. Um, I always liked him because I thought he was a, a, a guy that, appreciated playing the game in the sense that he really loves to just go out there and play. If you told him he was just going to go take the ball and go out on a sand lot somewhere and chuck it around, he would love that. Like that's kind of, that's kind of who he is. 
Um, where I think it's unfortunate is that he doesn't have any representation. And I, and I just think that is so dangerous in, in, in this day and age when, when, you're, when you're dealing with people and, and you need somebody to be the bad guy. Mm-hmm. You need somebody to be the intermediary um, because there are relationships at stake and, and there are decisions and conversations that are happening. Um, and I just don't know if that's truly helping him uh, to the level that maybe he, he needs. And then on top of it, I think, you know, let's, let's get down to it. Uh, the, the Cleveland Browns are to blame for all of this. Right. Right. For every single thing going forward now in the national football league, um, when people start wanting guaranteed contracts, guaranteed total contracts in the most violent collision based sport or profession outside of UFC. Okay. In the world. Um, it's just not, it's not, it's not good business practice. It's not, that's not the the way you stay in business. It's not the way that you invest. And there's just, there's just way too much risk. And now, now that there's been a precedent set, it's kind of screwed everything up. Tom Luganbill, ESPN on the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line. Yeah, I agree, Lukes. I mean, I've had people around me that have just helped me tremendously when I had to make you know, decisions throughout sure. my life. And uh, it's good to lean on people. And, um, you know, man, that, that inner circle and who you're tied in with is super important, Re- really regardless of age, I think, Luke's. You and I are about the same oh, age. so There's no doubt. And you know what? It's, it's no different than, you know, what I tell young kids that are getting recruited or kids that are in college right now. You know, you are who you hang out with. You are who you associate with. And sometimes you have to step away and, and in the instance of somebody that's dealing with upper management or, you know, CEOs and presidents and general managers and ownership and all of those sorts of things, you, you, you need that intermediary. And, um, and there's a reason why everybody has one, right? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, I think that's something. I, I hope that that changes in the future for him. I really do. I agree. Uh, let's go to something that's brewing here that you have been a part of and experienced. Uh, You were a power five quarterback at Georgia tech and you started one season there coming out of a hell of a Juco year. You had to go win the job. Um, The big, I don't know, coffee, biscuits, scrambled eggs discussion around the state of Mississippi um, from now until I guess Lane Kiffin either tells us or it bleeds into late August or maybe even Labor Day is who's going to win the quarterback position in Oxford, Mississippi. Can you talk about what it's like having been in a really competitive um, quarterback battle at Georgia Tech? Uh, Tell me what it's like when every rep counts and what it's like being around that other guy because you're competing your tail off against them. And so, you know, can you really like each other? Can you hang out with each other? Walk us through that, Luke's. Yeah, that's a really, really good question, and let me kick my dog on the side of the neck right now. We have another out of bounds fan. Lois Lane yeah, loves. Yeah, have another out of bounds. Out of bounds. That, uh, I think I think she wanted to answer the question. <laughs> um, and if she won't be quiet here, I'm not going to be able to answer your question anyway. Um, you know, it's interesting because I, I was in a very, very intense battle, and it's interesting for Jackson Dart because I too transferred into a place that had a returning starting quarterback, right? And that had 
previous 11 games the year before. And I think, you know, looking back on it, not realizing it at the time, but looking back on it, the thing that can be very, very difficult is winning over the team. Because that person, regardless of how many times they've started, they've been within the locker room. They've been within the framework of the team. They have established relationships, established friendships. And you know what happens oftentimes in, in that type of situation? People take sides. Yep. And that's just human nature, right? So I think that's a, a, a component to it if you're the incoming person. Um, but I, I'll say this, and, and I, I, I did this as a coach because I think it's important um, because you need to be able to present the opportunity to those in the competition and you need to make sure that they trust in you as a coach that it is a competition. Well, how do you do that? How do you make sure that they, every player thinks that they're getting an equal shot, right? Well, one of the ways you do it, and the most verifiable way, is you chart everything they do. And when I mean chart, I'm talking about did, was it incomplete? Was it complete? Did they make the right progression? Did you make the right check at the line of scrimmage? Did you get the team in the right pass protection? Um, are you, what, is your, what are you doing on third down? Uh, every little thing that could be charted and documented as an objective uh, factor in the decision needs to be done for everybody that's in the competition because at the end of the day, you're going to have to make a decision. And what you want to do is go into that room and be able to say, guys, you've competed for, what, 15 days in the spring, you've gone into the summer, now we've charted everything for, like, in my case, I, uh, I didn't come out of the spring as the starter. We were kind of co-number ones. And then I went into the fall and had to battle up until the week leading into our opener. Um, and so you, you want to go, go in to present to the players, hey, listen, here's what each and every one of you did. So if you're wondering how we came to this decision, right, this is part of the equation. We've documented everything you've done here. It's been equal uh, across the board. But then I also think there's a component that is, is, is a feel. Um, you kind of have an, uh, you get a sense this guy might have a little something that the other guy doesn't have, and maybe that's a personality quirk. Maybe that is a, something in the competitive temperament side, in the mental toughness side, um, and, and you get a feel for it as a coach. You have to have some instincts for that, um, and, and that comes into play in, in you know, making the decision as well. I, I, I Listen, I'll say this, I, and I had – I look back on it now, and it made me a better person, it made me a better player, but the guy that I was competing with who had started the previous 11 games, they roomed us together in fall camp. Good so Lord. So imagine every – Imagine every single day going back to the same room, you know, in between two days at night. And then at the very end, when they tell us the decision, the two of us having to go back to the same room. How, okay, so you don't have cell phones then and you don't have social media. We're visiting with Tom Luganville with ESPN. You see him on TV and radio and everywhere else. Uh, he was in a heated quarterback battle at Georgia Tech. Um, and he was the new guy, as Luganville said. So we're we're setting this up because of this whole Jackson Dart, who was is the returning starter, Spencer Sanders, and then you have, you know, Walker Howard over here too. We've never seen a quarterback yep. room like this, I don't think, in college football. And there's rumors that there's a million and a half dollars tied up annually 
in that room until somebody transfers out, which we've never, ever experienced right. either. So th- these are all new things that are happening. They happen to be happening at a school that we cover every day in, in Ole Miss, two hours, two and a half hours up the road. So um, did y'all ever go, maybe not to blows, but was it, was it contentious? Was it, was it uh, you know, at times you, you get ticked off at each other? How did that go as roommates, Luke's? Uh, never between us, but yes, between me and other teammates. You know, I had referenced that, you know, guys will take sides. And that happened to me. That happened against me. That's part of the deal, you know. Um, and because uh, I think a lot of the team felt like, wait a minute, this guy started 11 games. Why did we bring in a junior college guy? Right. What, 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 what are we doing? Why, you know, I don't, I don't like this, blah, 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 whatever it may have been. Between myself and and him, never. We actually were pretty close and pretty tight and had and, – and later on, how about this? Several years later, I end up coaching against him in the Arena Football League. Really? He ends up going on and, and playing some. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's um, just you, – you just never know how that thing how that thing plays out. But, no, everything during the day was highly competitive. Um, you know, you want to win every drill. You want to win every rep. You, you know that every – like I said, everything's being charted. You see him take, uh, let's just say, okay, we're gonna, he's going to go three and I'm going to go three, and all of a sudden, seven on seven, he completes three in a row. Okay, well, now I better go complete three in a row, mm-hmm. right? Uh, or I better go throw a touchdown. And then he may be looking at me, and all of a sudden, you know, I go, you know, 0, 0 for three in a, in a team drill or what have you, and he's going to be looking at that going, all right, maybe that's an edge. Maybe that's a way for me to get a leg up. You know, it's just – it was constant back and forth, and it's uh, – and it's like, if, if you have any type of competitive, competitive temperament or if you have any type of competitive bone in your body, you're always looking what the other guy's doing. You can't help it because sure. you want to beat it. Yeah, you want to beat it. You want to exceed what that person's doing. And, and for me, to be honest with you, one of the reasons why I ended up winning the job, um, I also happened to come in with a new offensive coordinator. Okay, so uh... the offense was new. All right. And the offense was the same for all of us. So we, I didn't have to come in and learn something everybody else was learning. I had to come in and learn, and they had to learn at the same pace and at the same rate. Now, where I might have had a little bit of a leg up at the time was I was a coach's kid. And I'd been around it, and I'd been in locker rooms, and I'd been in meeting rooms, and I'd done a lot of X's and O's stuff at a, at a young age. So this particular offense, um, there was a lot of new stuff for uh, – the guy's name was Donnie Davis, by the way. Uh, for okay. Donnie, there was a lot okay. of new stuff. And, um, and for me, like, I was a little bit more comfortable and caught on, I think, a little faster to check with me at the line of scrimmage, identifying fronts, and then checking the play away from maybe the one technique or, you know, checking it to this or, you know, uh, switching the, the pass protection – we were doing a lot more of that than I think the previous offensive system was doing. And I, I was a little bit further ahead in that regard, and that probably helped me out when it came to the final decision. What about when, when did you know you won it, or did you? Um, I, I didn't, man. I, I felt like I had a good camp. I thought it was going to go either way. I could have understood, and I look back on it now, and I felt this way the night it happened. Uh, I, I could have understood if I wasn't wasn't the guy immediately because I felt like 
the thing was so close that if I wasn't the guy, it didn't mean I wasn't going to play. Like, the, the thing went down to the wire. I mean, it really did. It was, I think they brought us in on a Sunday leading in. No, we, had, we opened up on Thursday night ESPN. So this would have been like the, the previous Thursday maybe. Um, and, uh, and, and I went in. Your guess was as good as mine. I thought, and I think he felt that way too. I think he felt like, okay, I've probably played good enough to win this thing, but so is Tom. You know that type of thing. Okay, okay. Tom Luganville with ESPN on the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line. So let's, Blake. Do you have a question? I was going to go on to something else, but if if you've got more here, then let's. I, let's I was keep just going to ask on the QB thing. You said to start this about QB battles that, oh, uh, you know, team teammates pick sides and I get that kind of stuff. And the hardest thing to do is win the team over. I think yeah. it's easy to, to neglect over that and say, well, oh, Hey, if you start winning games, then you can win the team over. That makes sense. But we have, I don't know, four months before the first game, five months. How, yeah. can, can you win the team over without winning a game? If you're Spencer Sanders or Walker Howard in this situation, or does Jackson Dart have a way bigger, bigger leg up? Cause he's won you games. That's a great question. And, and I'll tell you, I didn't. I didn't win games. It was the first time in my career I did not win as a, as a quarterback. And, and that, did that hurt? Absolutely it hurt me because all it did was create more doubt and more resentment and had, you know, you hear the phrase, winning cures all woes, and it really does. Sure. At the end of the day, it, it really does. And that was a great question, Blake, because I do think, you know, Jackson Dart, there's some proof in the pudding there, Right. And the team knows what they have in him. And, uh, you know, listen, is, is everybody, are you going to have everybody on your side? No. But the ones that aren't on your side, the only way you're going to get them is if you win. And so I think that where, where Spencer Sanders comes into play is he's won a lot of football games and he's been unbelievably productive. And if these players who follow college football have been playing college football and they're on the roster, don't, you know, like you said before, but way back then and all that, we didn't have Google. We didn't have the internet. Yeah. So all those players, if they didn't know who Spencer Sanders was, they're going to Google must say, who's, who's this Spencer Sanders guy? And they're going to go, oh, wow, okay. He's thrown for almost 10,000 yards and, you know, has uh, been very, very productive, you know, so on and so forth. So, um, but I do think going in, the incumbent does have that benefit with, with the locker room. I really right. believe that. Okay. Yeah. But at the end of the day, when it's all said mm-hmm. and done, and you like Jackson Dart, and I thought he played yeah. well last year, but at the end of the day, you believe that Spencer Sanders will win this thing, right? Um, I don't know if I'm convinced of that, but I know what it will do to Jackson Dart. It's going to do one of two things. He's either going to rise to the occasion or he's going to get caught up in being frustrated because they bought somebody in and he's not going to perform the way they want him to. Yeah. I don't think there will be any gray area. Okay. And I think the thing that concerns Lane Kiffin the most is that he is risky with the football, but that's kind of part of his makeup, right? right. He's a riverboat gambler. Uh, with, with some of the spectacular plays you'll see him make, you're going to see him make some boneheaded ones too. And I think that really ticks Lane Kiffin off and wants to, he doesn't want to change his temperament but he's got to get him to make better decisions. And if he doesn't make better decisions, then he needed to bring somebody in that is going to send a message to Jackson Dart 
that that stuff's not going to be tolerated, you know? And so <laughs> I think I, how he responds is going to be the biggest determining factor of whether or not Jackson Dart's the quarterback. That's true. Uh, somebody's got to leave the, the nest this summer, though, I think. I, we'll see how it Potentially. It, plays it, won't out. Be, it won't be Walker Howard. No, it will not be. He is Tom Luganbill with ESPN on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Tom Luganbill, I hope you have a great week, buddy. We'll catch up next week. Will do. Thank you, Bob. Thanks, man. The Out of Bounds Show. ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Streaming live for you on thezone1059.com. That's powered by Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. Award-winning Dancing Rabbit Golf Club and the super cool Golden Moon Casino Sportsbook and Lounge. Also, show is presented by the iconic American lager, Yingling. Can't beat it. Enjoy an ice-cold Yingling and some crawfish at Mudbugs this afternoon. Blake said he's taking me. Super fan Brooks Bryant from Duty Noble Field at 930.